everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. We appreciate you watching this broadcast, and we trust that each and every one of you will be blessed and inspired, and the teachings will help you grow in the things of God. You know, God is so good. He wants to manifest His power. He wants to manifest His love. He wants to manifest His glory. You know, throughout 2018, the Lord instructed me to teach everywhere I went, all over the world, about the glory of God. And if you've ever heard me talk about it, and we've talked about it on some of these previous broadcasts, you know that I've been saying that the glory of God consists of, number one, manifestations of the presence of God. Number two, manifestations of the power of God. And number three, manifestations of the goodness of God. Now, I was teaching this in Kenneth Copeland's Believers Convention right here in Fort Worth, Texas, this past August. And uh, I'm going to take you into that session where I was teaching this. In fact, I taught it the entire week. And we're going to be bringing you those broadcasts uh, for the next few weeks. And I want to encourage you to make your plans to join me and watch closely each and every one of them because they are so faith building. You know, in an audience where you got several thousand people, they just pull it out of you. The anointing is so strong. And I believe, praise God, we've captured it on film. It's going to come right there where you are right now. So I want to encourage you to watch closely and receive this revelation regarding the glory of God. And then in a few moments, I'll be back with some closing remarks. All right, Mark the 11th chapter. Brother Copeland began with this this morning. Keith continued on it, praise God. And uh, talking about the basic principles of the God kind of faith. So let's look at verse 22 once again. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Look at your neighbor and say, you will have whatsoever you saith, if you believe in your heart. And then the apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4.13, Brother Copeland read this as well. It goes on to say, I believe, therefore have I spoken. The Apostle Paul says, as I have believed, therefore have I spoken. So whatever you believe in your heart, you're going to talk. I'll say it again. Whatever you believe in your heart, that's what you're going to say. And he's quoting David. He said, as it therefore is written. And he's quoting David who first said that in Psalm 116 verse 10. David said, I believed, therefore have I spoken. So believing requires speaking. Look at your neighbor and say, believing requires speaking. Now in the next verse, David went on to make this statement. I said in my haste, and then he follows up with what he said. Now that's the problem with a lot of believers. They speak in their haste and they say things they shouldn't be saying. And it gets them in trouble. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Sometimes we speak out of haste. What does haste mean? It implies being overly eager and therefore becoming careless in what comes out of your mouth. And so he said, I spoke in my haste. And he said some things he, he learned later that he shouldn't have said. We've all done that. Amen. I spoke in my haste. 
So once again, it means being overly eager and therefore becoming careless in watching what comes out of your mouth. Job made this statement in Job chapter 6, verse 24 and 25. He said, teach me and I will hold my tongue. And then he said, how forcible are right words. Teach me and I'll hold my tongue. How forcible are right words. But in the very next chapter, he made this statement. I will not refrain my tongue. And then he began to talk things that he shouldn't have said. And he spoke in haste. Amen. Amen. How many of you have ever done that? We all have at one time or another. Amen. And so it's one thing to know that I need to learn to hold my tongue. He said, teach me and I'll hold my tongue. And then he said, how forcible are right words. So we've all learned that. We all know that. Uh, Carol and I learned it from Brother Copeland. First time we heard him back in 1969. I had no idea at that time that my words had anything to do with my outcome. But sitting there listening to him teach on this for the very first time, I realized I've just discovered my problem. It's my mouth. I remember uh, sometime later, the second time Brother Copeland came, which was just a few months later, and during that time, I'd been listening to all those messages, and back then it was on reel-to-reel tape. And I'm listening to those messages that he preached at that church there in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I'm listening to them every day. And I'm believing God for everything. I mean, you know, Carol and I were in debt up to our eyeballs, both in my business. I owned an automotive business. I was deep in debt. We were deep in debt personally. Uh, and we're learning about proper words. We're learning about how to put a guard over our vocabulary. I'll never forget uh, that second time they came. Uh, they were staying with Carolyn's mom and dad, and they lived next door to us. And uh, that's when I met the Copelands. And Carolyn's dad invited the Copelands to go out to a lake, Caddo Lake, and have a catfish dinner at a great place on the lake there. And they invited us to go. And so we're sitting there at the table. We just placed our order, waiting for the food to come. And Brother Copeland uh, made a statement about how he had an accident on the way to Shreveport from Fort Worth in his automobile, a 1969 Pontiac Bonneville. This is in 1969. And he said, uh, I had an accident. And uh, by the way, I wound up repairing the car while he was there because I was paint and body man. And, uh, but when he was telling us about the accident, he kind of wiped out the, the whole left side of that car. And I mistakenly said, because I hadn't learned yet about words. I looked at her and I said, Gloria, I bet you that scared you to death, didn't you? And boy, did she ever give me a Bible lesson before the catfish came. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> And I began to realize then, I need to hold my tongue until I can talk right. Amen. 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 Now, notice Job said, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Now, I've had people in my meetings and I'd be teaching on the power of words. And afterwards, they'd say, Brother Jerry, I'll tell you, that was one of the greatest lessons I've ever heard in my life. And I'll tell you, I'll die before I ever talk negative again. 
like Jesse there said that time on the motorcycle trip. And Brother Copeland told him, you know, uh, to, to do something with the covering his bike up. And he forgot something that was in his uh, luggage. And he said, oh, I left it in that, in that bag. I do that every time. I don't know why I do that every time. Brother Copeland said, well, maybe it's your confession, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse said, this negative confession is killing me. <laughs> well, <laughs> after a while, you'll learn how to control your tongue. Amen. Amen. So notice here, Job said, teach me and I'll hold my tongue how forcible are right words. as Job 6, 24 and 25. How forcible are right words. But his revelation only less, lasted less than a chapter. How long has your revelation on the words of your mouth lasted? Like uh, one person told me one time, a lady came up to me, she said, oh, Brother Jerry, we're going to have to go back to watching what we say. I said, why did you ever quit? This is not something you learn and then you put it aside and move on to something else. That's like, how many of you remember when you were in junior high school and you took algebra? I remember taking algebra in the ninth grade. I hated it. And uh, the teacher said, you're going to learn this or you're not going to pass. Now learn it because you're going to need it for the rest of your life. I thought, liar, liar. I'm not going to need algebra for the rest of my life. And so I studied and I passed. And once I passed, I didn't think about algebra again until I had children. And they're taking algebra. And Jerry Ann didn't understand algebra. She said, Daddy, you got to help me with this. I said, Dear Lord, I hadn't studied algebra since the ninth grade. She said, Well, Daddy, you got to help me with this. I said, Give me your book. So I read the book. And I said, okay, let's do algebra. And so I could hardly wait till she got home the next day to see if I passed. <laughs> and I thought, okay, we're done with algebra. And then I had grandchildren. And Preston came in one day and said, Pop, you got to help me with algebra. I said, Preston, I hadn't studied algebra since your mother took it in the ninth grade. He said, well, Pop, I don't know how to do it. You got to help me. So I said, give me your book. And I read the book again. And I couldn't hardly wait till he got home the next day to see if I passed again. <laughs> I hadn't had to have algebra since Preston passed. But now I'm waiting for great-grandchildren. <laughs> that teacher was right. I'm going to need algebra for the rest of my life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I'm going to need the revelation of the power of words for the rest of my life. This is not something you study, put it aside, and move on to something new. Amen. That's the way a lot of Christians think. Oh, we've already heard that. Give us something new. I like what Brother Hagin said after he preached on this for over 50 years. When you get this, we'll move on to something new. Amen. And a lot of Christians still hasn't, haven't got it. Can you say amen? So notice Job says, once again, teach me and I will hold my tongue. James said the tongue is an unruly member. Amen. 
It says, uh, one moment it's saying, uh, you know, things that bless people, and next moment it's cursing people. It's an unruly member. And he said, no man can control the tongue. No, you can't do it in natural human's ability, but you can control it when you get a hold of the Word of God and get it deep in your heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Can you say amen? You can bring your tongue under control, but only by the Word of God. Can you say amen? amen? Now, this is just basic faith. And so Paul is quoting David and said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. And once again, David said some things in haste that he later regretted. Now, Psalm 19, verse 14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth be acceptable. The word acceptable implies satisfactory, judged to be, be in conformity with approved usage. Let me say that again. Acceptable means satisfactory, judged to be in conformity with approved usage. It also means meeting the requirements. And then finally, it means adequate for the purpose. So notice David said, let the words of my mouth be acceptable. In other words, meeting the requirements, adequate for the purpose. Amen. If you're going to believe God, then you need to learn how to talk right. I'm going to try it on this side of the auditorium. <laughs> if you're going to believe God, if you're going to exercise your faith, then you're going to have to learn to talk right. Amen. Based on the Word of God. Get rid of what Proverbs refers to as a forward mouth. A forward mouth. It means a mouth that is un, not under the control nor the conviction of the Word of God. Get rid of a froward mouth. Now, David said often, use this phrase often, I will, an act of his will. He began to learn how important it was to talk right. In Psalm 91, 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Psalm 96, 10 says, say, Everybody say, say. Say. say among the heathen, the Lord reigneth. Notice he's, he's telling Amen. other people how they should talk. This is what you should be saying. The Lord reigneth. Psalm 107 verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Notice we are to say, we are to speak of our redemption. Praise God. Psalm 118, verses 2 through 4, let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. What's the Bible teaching us? How to talk right. How to talk right. How to have conversation that's acceptable unto the Lord that's in conformity to his word. And then Psalm 35, 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad 
that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually. Everybody say continually. Let them say continually. That means uh, frequently. That means uh, without interruption. Let them say continually. The Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So what should I be saying? God has pleasure in my prosperity. And not just say it once, but say it continually. Can you say amen? Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, God God has pleasure pleasure in my prosperity. prosperity. Look at somebody else and say, and I don't want to disappoint him. (laughs) So I believe I'll just go ahead and prosper and give him a good shout. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let them say continually. Now that leads me into what my mandate is for 2018. Every year, about October, November, I begin to lay time aside specifically to find out what the Lord wants me to emphasize, what to teach, and usually it's for everywhere I go throughout that year. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more insight and more insight every time I preach it. And coming into 2018, the Lord said, I want you to tell believers everywhere you preach, not just here in America, but I've, I've been around the world several times this year and I've preached in every nation I've been in. And he said, I want you to tell believers everywhere you go to keep these words on their lips and in their prayers every day. Lord, show me your glory. Everybody say that with me. Lord, show me your glory. Say it again. Lord, show me your glory. Now, you know, I believe the majority of you would recognize that phrase. It's found in Exodus chapter 33. This is what Moses said to the Lord in verse 18. I beseech thee, show me your glory. And God responded in verse 19 and said, I will. First two words that God spoke out of his mouth, I will. So that means it is his will to show us his glory. Can you say amen? amen? You say, well, he was talking to Moses. Well, why would he show Moses his glory and not us? He said, I will. And then I'll follow up with what he said a little later, uh, the remainder of that verse. But I want to point out that it is the will of God for you and I to see his glory. Not occasionally, but throughout our lives. That's the reason the Lord said for me to tell you, say it every day. Why do you need to see the glory every day? Because here's what the glory of God consists of. Three major components. Number one, it is a manifestation of the presence of God. Number two, it is a manifestation of the power of God. And number three, it is a manifestation of the goodness of God. The presence of God, the power of God, and the goodness of God. Now you'll find that revealed in Exodus chapter 33 and Exodus chapter 34. When Moses said, I beseech thee, show me your glory, God responded immediately in verse 19, I will cause my goodness to pass before thee. 
Now notice Moses didn't say anything about the goodness. He said, I want to see your glory. And God responded with, I will cause my goodness to pass before thee. And then a little later about verse 21, 22, God says, and when my glory passeth by. So it sounds like to me that in the mind of God, if you talk about the glory of God, you have to include the goodness of God. In the mind of God, they're one and the same. And then God also said to Moses that uh, I, will, I will do wonders before the people such as have not been seen. So now we're talking about the power of God. Amen. Moses said, if your presence go not with me, then this is as far as I go. Because he realized how important the presence of God was. And he said, if I can't count on your presence going with me, then this is as far as I go. In other words, he's saying, I know that what you've called me to do, I cannot fulfill it without your presence, your power, and your goodness. It's, it's too impossible. Now, once again, I want you to understand that when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory, it's not because he had never seen the glory before. It's because he had. Did you get that? It's not because he'd never seen the glory before. It's because he had. In fact, Moses saw the glory of God when he experienced that burning bush. Moses experienced the glory of God when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses experienced the glory of God when God gave them manna from heaven. Moses experienced the glory of God coming into the wilderness. It's not because he'd never seen it before. It's because that he had, and he realized, I cannot go any further. I cannot accomplish anything else you've called me to do without a manifestation of your presence, your power, and your goodness. And neither can we. And that's the reason you need to experience it every day. You do know the devil does not take vacations. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's consumed with. And he doesn't do it once a year. He doesn't attempt it once a month. He's out to do it every day of your life. That's the reason why you need to experience the glory of God every day. Can you say amen? So lift your hands right now and say this with me. Lord, show me your glory. And I want you to add this, and I believe you will. And, I believe you will. and give him praise in advance. Hallelujah. What would it be like if the glory of God was manifested in your life? Scripture gives us many examples of God's glory being revealed and changing impossible situations. Sadly, many Christians today are unaware of this miraculous power. In his new eye-opening resource, Show Me Your Glory, Jerry Savelle reveals the biblical principles to experiencing the manifested glory of God in your life. This is your opportunity. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this life-changing package, including the all-inclusive book and six-CD teaching, Show Me Your Glory. In this prophetic teaching, you'll discover the three characteristics of the glory, the prerequisites for experiencing the glory, and how the glory will cause you to walk in victory and triumph. Don't delay. 
Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and order your copy of this special resource today. I trust you enjoyed today's lesson, and I want to encourage you to join me next week as we're going to continue this lesson, and we're going to take you right back into the Believer's Convention right here in Fort Worth, Texas, where we had such a powerful, powerful meeting. And I'm teaching on the glory, so we're going to be bringing you these messages for several weeks to come now. And once again, I want to encourage you to join with us. Also, don't forget our special offer, uh, six CDs on experiencing the glory. Show me your glory, Lord. Also right along with it, my book, brand new book. In fact, we introduced this book during this convention, and it's only been out a few months now. Show me your glory. It's got some powerful lessons that I know you're going to enjoy, and it's going to bring to you great insights into how you can experience the glory of God every day of your life. God wants to show you His glory. So go online right now to jerrysavelle.org and uh, you can see how that you can place your order for these resources. And once again, as always, we'll get them to you just as quickly as possible. So please tell a friend about the program. Tell somebody about uh, watching Jerry Savelle Ministries and tell them that we're going to be talking about the glory of God. And once again, it is a manifestation of God's presence, a manifestation of God's power, and a manifestation of God's goodness. And everybody needs to experience that. I don't care who you are, you need God's presence, God's power, and God's goodness showing up in your life all the time. That's one of the ways, praise God, that you can experience a victorious Christian life. Also, let me encourage you, if you have prayer requests, send them in. We'd love to join our faith with yours and believe God with you for the breakthrough, the miracle that you need in your life. And also, if you've had breakthroughs and you've had some miracles watching this broadcast, or our staff has prayed for you, share your testimony. We love receiving them. From time to time, we share them on the air because it's inspiring to other people, and uh, they, they, they love hearing how that God has answered prayers. So send your testimony to us. Also, stay connected to us. Uh, through social media, Twitter, Instagram. There are many ways that we can stay in touch with you, so take advantage of that. And then also, I want to encourage you, if you're not receiving our Adventures in Faith magazine, please ask to receive it. All you have to do is go online and uh, or contact our office and uh, ask to be put on the mailing list. We'll send you the Adventures in Faith magazine. Also, if you would like to know about our schedule, where I'll be, somewhere here in America or somewhere around the world. We travel around the world every year, and we'd like to uh, have you in our meetings. I'd like to have an opportunity to meet you if possible. So if you'd like to know our itinerary, our schedule, please ask for it. Go online, look, look it up, and uh, praise God. I trust that sometime you'll be able to be in one of our meetings because I know once you get in the service where the anointing of God is flowing, you're going to experience something perhaps like you've never experienced before, and you're going to be glad that you came. So take advantage of all these avenues where we can touch your life, minister to you, and bring you a very positive message, a message of faith, a message of hope, and a message of victory. Thank you once again for joining me today. It's been a delight sharing with you. And I want to encourage you now, make your plans to join me again next week as we continue this study, taking you back into that Believer's Convention. It's so powerful, I don't want you to miss one service. So remember this, as we leave the air today, your faith 
We'll overcome the world, and I'll see you again next week.